Welcome to the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast, a podcast honing in on living with AIM. That's authenticity, intention, and masterful execution. All of this as we journey through the process of self-discovery, self-definition, and self-distinction. I'm your host, Farah Bernier, talent management professional and certified coach working with fabulously fierce women across the globe. Join me as I share coaching tips and resources you can apply to your own journey to living fabulously fierce. And as an added bonus, I'm never doing this alone. Each week, I'll introduce you to one new guest joining me to share how they live fabulously fierce. Do keep in mind, while I'm excited for you to be here and I'm here for you as we'll take this journey together, this is not meant to be a substitute for live coaching engagements. To find out more about coaching one-on-one, please visit www.farahbernier.com, email me at farahbernier at gmail.com, and or visit the Living Fabulously Fierce handle on Instagram. With that, let's get started with today's session. Hey, beautiful people. Today is our kickoff um, with a guest. So I know we launched season two last week, but we're jumping into our regularly scheduled program with our guest today. And, you know, I'm always excited, um, to share my guest with you, especially because it just gives us more insight into different perspectives, different experiences, and it highlights the beauty of the living fabulously fierce community. So, um, Here's a big cheers to season two um, and happy Friday. Um, I'm also hoping that these drops on Fridays instead of um, earlier in the week are a good kickoff to your weekend. So happy Friday and a happy weekend for you as well. Today, as we're opening up, you know now that we are jumping into a deep dive on the first component of living fabulously fierce, living with AIM, that's authenticity. And as we deep dive into authenticity, I think what is going to be most important for us is to really hone in on self-definition, especially as it relates to the topic of authenticity. Because here's the thing, when we talk about authenticity, There's so many good definitions, but they're pretty ambiguous and vague, you know? Even you look it up online, how do you define authenticity? It's just anything that is authentic, anything that is real, something that is genuine. And it doesn't go any any farther than that, which is kind of tough if you're trying to build a template or understanding of what this means for you. But that being tough means it's actually a really good opportunity. And so that's super inspiring and and motivating. And so what I'd like for us to do in our journal reflection and exercise this week is think about what does it mean for us, for ourselves individually to be authentic? What does it mean for using myself, for Farah to walk into a room and reflect being genuine, being real, being herself. And I think it's important that we are intentional 
about laying that out because in the absence of very concrete definition around what it means to be authentic and what authenticity means, as long as we create a definition for ourselves, we have an accountability point um, that we can anchor to. And having that definition as an accountability point also serves as a cue for us to know when we're off our authenticity game. So to build our authenticity playbook, the first step is defining what authenticity means for ourselves. So to do that, I'd also like you to think about a situation, personal, professional, or anything in between, in which you know that you know that you know that you showed up as your most authentic, genuine, real self. It was you, nothing less. What was that situation? Set the context, write it out. What did others see in that situation? What were they able to observe? If I walked into the room in that particular situation, what would I be seeing that you're calling your authenticity showing up? What would I hear? What feelings would come up for me as I observed you in your authenticity? I.e., what's the experience tied to your brand that you would be facilitating just by showing up as yourself? And lastly, how did it feel to you in three words? How did it feel to you either in that moment or as you reflect upon that situation? Write it out. You know, um, I've actually started capturing some of my reflection points and journal entries, quote unquote journal entries as videos. Um, Not to be shared with anybody else, but just for myself to have them. So feel free to do that too. And do me a favor, please hop on to Instagram, the Living Fabulously Fierce handle. And let me know what you come up with. I'll be sharing mine. Um, So would love to get some insight into your definition of authenticity as well. So with that, we're going to take a quick break and then jump into today's guest segment. Thanks, everybody. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode. While we're on this quick break, I wanted to share a quick reminder. Living Fabulously Fierce is all about engagement with you as you prioritize living with authenticity, intention, and masterful execution. So engage with me, please. If you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button for the podcast. And if you're really enjoying these sessions, please leave a review. Finally, don't be stingy. Share the podcast with your network. I'm sure you know at least one other person who'd love to join in on this community and take advantage of the resources shared in each episode. All of this takes just a few minutes and will ensure support needed to keep the podcast going is in place. So again, really simple. Subscribe, review, share. Repeat after me subscribe. Okay, I'm just kidding. But really, please, after the episode, 
Just subscribe, review, and share with your network. Really appreciate it. So thanks in advance. Welcome back, listeners. I am so excited about today's guest segment. I have a real treat for you, as usual. I only bring the best. Um, and so I'm going to hand it over, as usual, to my guest to introduce herself. Hey, everyone. Um, my name is Arrow Belgrave Harris. Many people call me Ari. I am so excited to be able to speak with you all today. Um, a little bit about me. I'll dive right into it. So I am currently based in Oakland, California, originally from the East Coast. I grew up in Boston. As far as what I'm doing now, um, I, I like to say I'm a Jane of many trades. So I have my own business called Jim Hookie, uh, and it's a wellness company that's focused on helping busy women live their best lives uh, when it comes to being happier and healthier and just really incorporating wellness routines into their day-to-day -day schedule. Um, I am also one of the faces of Under Armour's women's brand. So if you've ever been shopping on the website, you may have seen a familiar face. And also I am one of the lead trainers for Tone It Up. So Tone It Up is one of the largest online communities for wellness for women. Um, and it's a joy to be a part of that. Uh, I think it's worth sharing a little bit about my past because I recently just made a jump, a big jump. Um, many people may not realize that I, I've been doing Jim Hookie as a side hustle for five years. Uh, in March of this year, actually, it aligns with when quarantine pandemic time started, uh, I actually took the jump from working in my corporate job. So I was working at Facebook, working in within HR, my bread and butter is employee engagement. So it's, it's actually been a joy to be able to fuse those, those worlds together in these last seven months on my own uh, to build programming around the quarantine time. But yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. I love every single bit of that, especially, especially, um, so it's so funny. Ariel and I literally just met, literally. I saw some of her work online and I thought, wow, she's literally beaming authenticity. Um, and I don't know that you knew this, but I'm also from Boston. So here we are, both I of us. I did it. <laughs> Both of us are in Boston, hanging out in California, um, both also experienced in tech. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you're a BC Eagle too. I, you're an Eagle? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I went to BC. No, it's so funny because I'm like, wait a minute. And we have ne literally never met before. I, I did, I don't know if I shared this with you. I think I did, that I did take one of your... Um, classes, not your gym hooky classes, but you were giving, like doing a master class. And that was my intro into you and then started following you. Um, and so that's how we started to connect. I mean, kind of taking in your insight. And the reason I also want to highlight that is all I heard was consistent engagement, consistent self-prioritization in a very productive manner and embracing possibility in the face of I mean, to say challenge is not even the right word, but yeah, and you're doing it and doing it big. So right, like right off the bat, and I know right before we started talking, I shared with Ariel, I'm actually not drinking any alcohol. I gave myself, let's just see if we can do this clean eating and clean drinking for, I mean, no drinking, clean drinking. That might be something to look into for 55 days. <laughs> 
And so, but a virtual imaginary cheers to you with my fake glass of champagne or something, because this is like big whoop. 2020 has been amazing for you. And that's a really, really big deal. So kudos to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a crazy blessing. It really has. Yeah. So um, thank you for introducing yourself and giving us a rundown of all the amazing things you're doing. One of the questions that I always have for folks, which may be a little bit of a different answer is if you had to describe the space and how you're making an impact, how would you share all of that? Yeah. So what any, anyone will know about me is I'm incredibly consistent. <laughs> That's how I've been able to really build my brand and have people understand um, what I do and who I support. So I would say I'm, the space that I'm making an impact in is definitely women's health, but, but it's definitely twofold. So the first I'd say um, is my practice as a health coach and trainer, where for me, it's just very important to redefine health and wellness and be just be more inclusive of women who have a lot going on, who are career oriented, who are mothers and still want to be able to do it all. I think oftentimes we're led to believe that, you know, you have to work out for an hour every single day. You have to uh, count calories or go on these restrictive diets. And it ends up just being this all or nothing thing like, okay, well, I can't do that. So that means that I actually have to choose my career or be healthy. So one impact I'm making is definitely making sure women know that they do have other options. They don't need to, you know, kill themselves following all these guidelines that may not even apply for the type of life that they live. Um, the other one would be, uh, I was recently announced being a board member for the Women in Fitness Association. So when I say consistency, it's really all about women. I just feel compelled to empower women, to celebrate women, to educate women, to inspire women. Um, so as a board member, for me now, is also focusing on women that are in fitness. Historically, mm -hmm. the fitness industry, it's dominated by men. And even though women are the biggest consumers, women are actually the ones who are creating all these like platform, these new like uh, styles for fitness. We're not the ones who are sitting at the table making decisions. Right. So I, uh, with, with the Women in Fitness Association, call it WIFA, um, I'm passionate about creating a space for women where they can connect and grow in the industry and rise up and support each other and earn that seat at the, t not even earn it. It's already earned, but get the seat. Yeah. At the yeah. So. I love that. It's already earned. It's just a matter of getting the seat. Right. And, and, and that could go in so many different directions because how many spaces and in how many realms of work does that happen where you've earned it, but you still don't have it. Um, I have a, situation even from just this morning candidly and this has to do on the corporate side of things i had coached someone through something a senior leader two days ago and prepped another person who was going to be working with this lead on the same project and i you know kind of said both of you are going to need to agree this is the view that i share this is my recommendation and the second person came back to me this morning and said, yeah, we really need to get you to a more senior level. And I said, whoa, what brought that up today? It's Friday. Um, and she said, well, so-and-so presented all the stuff that you told me about as if it was all her idea. And I said, wow. And I would never have known. That's right. right? I would never have known. So it's just to your point that whole, we've earned it, but we just got to get this at the table. That applies in so many different ways. Yeah. And so to hear you articulate it as an area in which you're prioritizing to have impact 
is absolutely needed and beyond measure inspiring. Yeah. And so, you know what? what is interesting? I think where we're always going to connect is just being, um, having the experience and being in the tech world or just the corporate world in general, being a black woman, right? A lot of the times the things that there, there are conversations I would have with people where they're just like, man, how did you do that? And I'm like, oh, you're a higher level than me. Like, what do you mean how I did, how oh I my did that? <laughs> and it blows my mind. But the reality is when we don't have people who are also representing us, who look like yeah. us at the tables, it's harder for us to get there. So we could be outshining whoever's already sitting at the table, but when mm. there's missed opportunities for us or, or not even seeing us in the first place, I'm like us seeing that we deserve to be there. Um, it's, it's, it's when kind of bigger conversation, bigger conversation needs to be had. And to be honest, I think it's every single industry, like while I'm talking yeah. about business, it's every single industry, finance, advertising, um, you name it. So, yeah. And, and just to highlight your experiences that you have been in HR, in tech, in finance, like you've seen it both on both ends. So it's. It, it's one of, it's a thing, number one, and it's one of those things that's like the hardest thing to articulate, but we do have all these examples. Um, so, so definitely appreciate your um, commitment in that space, which is going to yield so much for so many people. So that's amazing. So you do know that um, from a living fabulously fierce standpoint, uh, it's about living with aim, authenticity, intention, and masterful execution. And this season we're honing in on authenticity and it sounds like it's it's very clear. You're very confident. You're very consistent. You know what you want. You set goals. You you crush them. Not just accomplish, but crush them. And it sounds like you're in this ongoing mode of just setting higher bars in everything that you do. Like WIFA now is another thing. Um, but how do you define authenticity? And how do you measure up against your own definition of authenticity? Yeah, you know, and I think this is a great question because I almost feel like once I, once I started living it, I really knew how to define it. Um, so to me, authenticity is showing my true self, both in how I act and how I feel. So I think a big thing for me was in the past, just being in environments where I felt like I needed to assimilate to whatever culture in order to survive or, 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 or get validation or build rapport and all these things. Um, you can just kind of, I, I fell into presenting myself the way others wanted me to present myself as opposed to the way I wanted to. So what goes along with authenticity, authenticity to me now is definitely presenting myself based on my values and not others. Um, and it sounds simple, but it's not that easy, especially in this time where, you know, technology and social media is common for people to, I don't know, uh, to put out images of themselves that are presentations of who other people may want them to, to be. So we're constantly being told who we should be, what we should want, how we should express ourselves. And as someone who's, I mean, I'm, uh, my parents are from uh, the Caribbean. So I think anyone who may have, may even be in an immigrant household, there's this additional pressure of fitting in so yeah. you can succeed. And I think that was like a big part. So I'm sharing this because I feel like it all felt, it folded into what I know authenticity to be now. And also going through this phase of reflecting on, like just kind of peeling back the onion on the things that I was, uh, what's the word, uh, that I adapted to. Um, and yeah. I didn't realize that it was not, it wasn't me being authentic because I had kind of learned these things and was taught these things. And not to say that my parents were wrong. I think 
you know, when you come to the United States, you want your children to be successful and that's what comes with it, you know? Yeah. Um, this is scary because we're going to definitely have to talk more. We're both from Boston, both done HR, both in tech, um, both coaches in the same format, both with, I'm assuming now first generation American with parents who came from the Caribbean. Right. I'm a first generation. We will, yeah. This, the similarity links is way too scary in a good way, in a good way. So I appreciate your, your points. Cause I, I totally get it. What I think I'm also, um, hearing and appreciation is your transition from just kind of falling under somebody else's or others definition of what it means to be Ariel and then starting to feel what it means to be Ariel and then operating in authenticity. And that's what we define as or or call self-definition. But what I appreciate most about your articulating that is there's a you said that's a really good question because I started to feel it before I could define it that's important because authenticity is such a nebulous thing and this hard um characteristic to really hone in on a definition that we can all align to but there it's about authenticity as you feel it for you right and then operating in that um, so as people take that in and all the, the points you just shared, was there a time in which you didn't show up authentically? What was the, the context of that situation? How did you know you were off your authenticity game? Yeah, um, I would hands down say when I started my career in finance. So graduated from Boston College started working um, in finance right out of school. And you know, when you're in your early stages for your career, there's also this pressure of like proving yourself, right? Like you're, you're new, you're, you, you, you gotta let people know that you're capable, that you're smart, you're reliable, all these things. And I worked in an environment that was predominantly white male. So even being, a, a, it's like this double layer of like being a woman and also being a black woman. Um, I wanted to make sure that I earned the respect of those who were in a higher, higher up. So what I felt, some of the things that I was doing that made me inauthentic, I would say, was um, changing the way I spoke, which I know a lot of black people in general um, can relate to this. So feeling like I needed to articulate myself in a certain way in order to be uh, taken seriously. And I think the irony of it all is that while I'm worrying about being, having a professional voice in like these meetings and settings, you have people who don't look like me that are okay to like swear every other sentence and all that. And I was actually, <laughs> it's real. Like it's so real, especially in finance. Like it's the total norm to be like throw F-bombs and all that. Yeah. And I was actually, I went to a phrase where I was, where I was hurt. And this is, this is where I um, probably around the time, a few months later, I ended up leaving finance and jumping ship to join a startup in San Francisco. But I got feedback that um, I was too, like it was like performance time. And I got feedback that I was too informal in meetings. And I'm like, whoa, really? Um, and I was like, you know, can you I- You were too informal? I or... was too informal in, in meetings. And mind you, I, I was, I'm definitely, I would say I was blessed to be one of the youngest, like I, I had opportunities to be the youngest person in a room full of a lot of execs. So I was heard and I felt like I did have that support as a black woman in an industry that was like predominantly white male. Um, but I did get feedback that I was too informal. 
And when I asked for an example, the example was, oh, like, you know, uh, you say uh, using words like awesome. And I said, like, I'm using the word like awesome. So I think this is the reason, the reason why I'm sharing it. It's very upsetting because I'm like, wow, look at me here trying so hard not to be myself. And yeah. use it. I don't even use awesome on the regular. I'm like, I'm trying to, I mean, come on. <laughs> no, it's so, it, again, it goes back to it's so real. Like, here you are, to your point, just trying as best you can to show up as, as your best self, which costs you to some degree. Don't let me put words in your mouth, but I, I think I'm hearing it costs you showing up as your truest self while you stood back and watched people renegating against what is supposed to be acceptable professional behavior. That's right. And you're killing it professionally. Yeah. Objectively. And, I, and, I, and I'll add that I was, I was in a seat that I was like the global head of, of uh, people agenda, which was employee engagement. So I was this like 25 year old, 26, like I was given a lot of responsibility. I was handed over the torch when my manager decided to move on and like they trusted me with a lot. But even given being in that space, I was deeply, I was like, okay, now I got to try even harder to be in these settings and like, yeah. you know, to be heard. So even how I wore my hair matter, like I'm like, okay, I can't wear my hair like this because you know, they're not going to take me seriously. And I don't want my hair to be a topic of conversation in these meetings. Like I need to get down to business. I, I need to let them to know who I am. I was, you know, wearing the pencil skirts and the stiletto heel. I don't even like wearing heels like that. <laughs> 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 and not to say that there's anything wrong. Like, I mean, granted, it's not like I didn't like wearing heels, but I still felt. It was authentic. in your preference. It yeah. Was, yeah. So when I say in the beginning, when I, how I defined it, it's being my true self and how I act, but also how I feel. And I feel yeah. like I was being my authentic self during that time. And I love basically what you're pointing to is your definition of authenticity is the marriage between how you operate and how you feel, right? Because you can you you can wear stilettos. You can, it's just not your default preference. Right. But what I I do want to point out though, and please push back on me, but I'm I'm just thinking about some of the situations in which you may have to let go of the marriage in order to to embrace the courtship so that you can get to marriage. And here's what I mean by that. Sometimes, and especially for our more um, inexperienced listeners, you know, we look at the, the path, the trajectory that we're on in our career. And I was in the financial industry as well, right? My hair, I was natural for years and excuse me, I hadn't been natural for years. And then I decided I was going to go natural. At that point, I had made it to senior manager. And so I just felt like I don't care anymore. Like, and not that I don't care, but it was more of there should be less noise about how I wear my hair than there is noise about how I perform, right? Because if you look at how I perform, there's no noise there. I, I'm a proven entity right but more junior folks can't do that and so there's this question of to what degree can you embrace the marriage of how you feel and how you operate in the beginning because you've got to have some I define it as agility right yep. what I hear you saying is my definition is that marriage between um, feeling and operations 
But early on, I had to court and I had to let go of the feeling a little bit to get to a point where, no, I, I have the seat at the table now. No, I'm, I'm the global head. I still got to deal with some of this stuff. But little by little over time, I get to marry my feelings with how I operate. And that's true authenticity. That's right. Um, because something you said earlier, you're like, it's not easy. And, and that's important, right? Like, it's not easy. We women, and then yes, the second layer of black women, the other layer of women of co- all women of color. Let's, we, I think, don't let me speak for you, but again, keep me honest here. I think we'd be lying to people if we're like, no, just show up at, as your best self, as your tr- truest self. Mm-hmm. They're not ready for that. Not They're ready not. For that. They're, you, know, you know what's a measurement for me, and I and I um I know we'll probably get into more of like where the times I felt like I was most authentic, but the measure that I have, like I think now I, I I can think of a measure of when I'm being the most yeah. most authentic, and the measure would be when you're in spaces. So like you can still be in a work setting, right? If you're in a work setting and you feel like it is night and day difference between when mm. you're in a meeting with your colleagues or in your or your or you're spending time with the black employee resource group peoples and all that. And that is like a completely night and day. I mean, like completely light and, night and day. You, there's, some, there's some work to be done on the authenticity side. But the reality yeah. is that people just don't feel comfortable. And I, and I think it's important that we discuss that it's not easy. Because when it comes to wanting to build your career, you want to make sure that people respect you and they see you. And you may yeah. feel like you won't be seen if you're not assimilating in some way. It's it's the reality of also just being a black person in these corporate environments, you know? Yes. Yes. So in, and this is a hard one in the spaces in which you operate, as you think about what, what keeps you in that marriage of the way you operate and the way you feel as advice to folks who just is hard, what would you share with them to just keep top of mind to enhance the degree to which they operate with authenticity? Yeah, so I'm really big on values. Um, and I would say making sure that, so I'll speak for myself. So how I make sure that I am continuing to live in this definition of authenticity that I know of now yeah. um, <laughs> is making sure the things that I choose to do or even the people I affiliate with align with my values or what I believe to be my purpose. Um, Mm. I also am someone who's very reflective. So just checking myself on why I'm choosing to do something. Am I choosing to do it because everyone else is doing it? Or am I choosing to do something because I actually think that it can add value to myself, to my growth, and is is, is a representation of who I actually am? Yeah. So if I can boil it down, what I hear you pointing to is it's all about alignment with values. Right. It doesn't stop there. You proactively have check-in with self points, points of reflection. Um, and I love that you just said that. And I guess it's a really good opener for me to share. Um, I'm writing the Living Fabulously Fierce book. And Ooh. one of the things I highlight yeah. is there's this thing that we don't give enough time to in our day-to-day and it's self-reflection. Mm. And that is probably the most important thing to do because from self-reflection, 
is it, it's the starting point of literally just holding up the mirror and reflecting back to yourself what you see, right? And what you see is what you feel and what you observe. Right. And so to hear you point to that, I mean, that that's it, right? Like you can self-reflect and say, okay, Ari, are you in alignment with your values? Are you in alignment with the things that are important to you? And if you don't do that enough, you can easily get off course. That's right. Um, that's and that's right. the detriment to self-authenticity. And I will say as someone who, I'm a doer. I go, I make things happen. I go, go, go. But the, the, the con of that is that sometimes I'm moving so fast that I'm not taking that time to, to reflect. Yeah. So I feel like self-reflection has become more of a tradition. It's become more important to me as I've been learning even more about myself in these last few years. So I've been in the professional world for, for over for a decade now. When I think about when I first was like in this court, as a newbie in corporate and all that, I wasn't thinking about reflecting. I'm like, okay, this is what I got to do to get to the yeah. next step. I'm trying to get that promotion. What, tell me what I need to do and I'll do it type of thing. And I think the reality, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I actually think, like I have no regrets on just having this mindset of like going, but if there was any, like I, I do believe that it is important to self-reflect just to check yourself. And now that I'm, I'm 31 years old now, I'm just more intentional about how I spend my time who I spend my time with. So I feel like I'm way more reflection, <laughs> reflective. Yeah. And it's also, you said it perfect. It's not that it's good or bad one way or the other. It's what do you miss out on by not having self-reflection? Right. That's right. right. So no yes. judgment, right? Because maybe you're just not someone who wants to self-reflect. You know, maybe self-reflection is not a priority for you. No judgment on that, but what are you missing out on by not doing that self-reflection? Well, you just called it out. You're going to be spending time with people you don't want to spend time with because you're not being intentional about that. You're going to be doing things just to do things instead of doing things that are intentionally aligned with your values. Great. So, and the list could go on, but I think your <laughs> point is well taken, right, in terms of actions and the why behind the actions. Um Wow. Okay. We could keep going forever. But I, <laughs> the one thing I do want to point to, and you also called it out too, is tell us about the most recent time you felt and operated, now that we have your definition, um, most authentic, mo most authentically. And how did you know you showed up more, most authentically? So my most authentic self would definitely be when I started working at Facebook. Um, okay. When I left, so I originally, I had taken the leap from uh, finance to join a startup. And at that time, I honestly thought I was anti-corporate. Uh, I'm like, okay, I'm never going back to corporate. Corporate is not for me. And what I learned was it was more of the environment and the culture, not necessarily it being corporate. I was kind of putting it in one bucket. So once I started Facebook, this is a whole nother it's, it's like a whole nother ecosystem of people, I guess, where, um, you know, I, I had, a, I was already doing gym hooky before I started at Facebook. I had also felt what I've done prior to while people knew about what I was doing, I, I kind of created this bubble of just not wanting to people to know about it, not talking about it, not doing any of those things. I never wanted, um, there to be a perception that I was distracted with my side hustle work and not being able to show up and give my all on my full-time work. And I was uh, course corrected, as I like to say, um, I was trying to be on the hush hush about it. And it was actually my team 
who was like, oh, hold all the way up. You're an <laughs> under armor. You're sponsored by under armor. You're in stores. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to, we want to celebrate you. It's a big deal. And I'm like, oh, like y'all. And then, they, you know, they find my Instagram. They're like, you have all these folks. Like what? You're living this whole other life. Like we want you to be able to bring that like to the workplace. And at that time it was it, every time someone brought it up. Like it made me so uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, y'all, we really got to focus on this meeting. And (laughs) while every part of me was just like, oh, like I just want to be able to do my work. I appreciated that I was able to experience what uh, being like bringing my true self to work looked like. And what I what I want to share is a moment that really was all encompassing for me. So, um, I did leave Facebook in March of this year, but even then, it was it was it was hard. Like it was it was hard. Everyone was just like, oh, we. We want you to kill it with Jim Hookie. So it's kind of this like push-pull <laughs> thought. Yeah. Um, but in December, um, Facebook usually has uh, their largest event for women called Women's Leadership Day. And it's they're literally flying in women from all over the U.S., um, whether you're Chicago, Atlanta, and, and flying everyone to the San Francisco office uh, or San Francisco to have this really big event um, for women. And I was asked to, I was literally like verbatim asked, we want you to bring your Jim Hookie self to the stage. I said, you want me to what? <laughs> Hold up, what? Sorry. And, the listeners can't see. I literally. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, in what way? Like, what do you don't have in mind? Um, and they asked me, they're like, we want you to, you know, we've never done this before, but with your energy and, you know, the energy I bring as a fitness person is the same energy that I bring doing employee engagement work. So there was never this gap of like being this, they, everyone sees it as just one thing. Like I literally walk by one person past the bubble and they'd be like, guess what? I worked out this morning. Then the next person, girl, guess, man, that community work you did. So I felt like it was so all encompassing um, that people knew. Um, but when they asked me to do this moment, they're like, hey, like we think you, we, we know that you're capable of bringing the energy we need like for this. And I'm like, okay, so how many people were thinking? They're like, oh yeah, we're thinking like 10,000, but you, you've you done that before, right? I said, a hundred? What, what do you mean 10,000? <laughs> <laughs> and it was the most, I mean, I did speak, I was, anyone who was speaking for that event, they had us do, have speaking coaches. We were, they were preparing us about four months in advance. This is like a really big deal at Facebook. And let me tell you, even as I was doing the speaking coaching, I think going doing that coaching actually helped me really tap mm-hmm. into my authentic side because there were times where I was saying things for my and my coach. She was um, she's black. She was black too. So I was like, I want to keep it black. And she's amazing. But she's um, and, you know, she's also someone who like is spiritual. So I was able to connect with her on that front. And she was she would call me. She was like, You're overthinking it. That doesn't sound like yeah. you. That, and so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, I want to give this message. They're like, well, what message would you, if you were, if this wasn't even a corporate environment, like, what would you tell the woman? What would you tell the people? And let me tell you, Farah, like that day when I was on stage, I felt, I, so I got to do like a speaking portion where I spoke about like my, the fusion of my world. And like, this was a classic case of a company really supporting like all of me, like all of me. And the feedback that I got literally and was like, we felt like you were like the most, like you, like most authentic self. Like that was amazing. <laughs> and I was pumping up. I was, I'm a hype woman. And I was able to be a hype woman in front of thousands and thousands of women who I work with. And it, it didn't change their perception of me. If anything, they were like, you inspired me to really like bring the things I love outside of work to work in some way. 
So that was a long, a long story, but I, I go with, I want to share that because I think oftentimes we think that we have to be an environment, like, we, okay, we just, we just, hang, just hang in there, just hang there and put up with being in environments of, of being inauthentic, where there are spaces, we may not know it yet, but there are spaces that will encompass all of you, that will allow you to bring your true self, you know? So. And what I love about all of that, so many things, but, um, <laughs> You know, I'm a big believer in grace and favor. And I believe that for you, that was a moment of a great deal of grace that cannot be earned, but you you earned it. Like you walked into a reaping of all the sowing you had done, right? And the favor was really all this investment in you to be even more of you in a space for others and the reason that for others is important is i'm also working on this um what if series like how do we reframe things and i started to think about authenticity as what if authenticity was as much about you showing up as your true self as it was about giving other people permission to do the same by watching you do it and it sounds all the children (laughs) That that sounds like exactly what that moment was for you. You sowing and reaping, you were reaping. Then you stepped into it and they're investing you in you to make you the best, to be the most you. You do that and then all these people are now also seeing you sow for them in that moment. And now there's reaping that's going to happen. That is happening even beyond your actual presence in that company. And isn't that what, you know, even self-distinction is about, right? It's what happens when you're not even in the room. That's the result of your presence when you are in the room. So, I mean, all the accolades in every form or fashion to you in that moment and honor to the journey that led you there. That, that is incredible. I, girl, I was in all type of tears. And there was just this feeling of, like, that's it. Like, when anyone asks me about, like, like I could define it and just say what words are, but if that's like, if there's a moment to define it, it would be just that. Like it would be just outside of being an entrepreneur myself is like, that's where I literally almost ended my career is understanding that like I could work in corporate and bring Jim Hookie um, to it. And that, that was just like a, uh, (laughs) I'm going to reframe something for you though. You just said that's where I ended my career. What if it was, that's where, I ended the limitations of my career and catapulted catapulted the mode of extending what my career actually means. Because your career wasn't, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it took the form of four walls of somebody else's mission, vision, and all of that. You played in it, but then this catapulted an extension of that definition. Let me stop, because then we'll be- no, come on, tell it. Come on, tell it. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. No, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. I hear you loud and clear. Um, but this is clear indication that we're going to have you back. That's like definite. <laughs> so, okay. And I told you I was going to be a respecter of your time. We'll do one more, one more. There's two more questions I usually ask, but we'll just do one more. Okay. The one more question is, I shared with you, like, my modus of self-accountability is living fabulously fierce because that's, for me, my call to be authentic, to be intentional, to have masterful execution, which is just about um, consistency in everything that I do. That masterful execution is not about perfection. It's about how do you reinforce your brand through consistency? 
So when you think of Ari, what is it that does all those things for you or holds you accountable to your alignment that you talked about earlier? If you had to kind of say it's living fabulously, what? What is that word? I would say living fabulously empowered. Tell me more. Um, so when I think of being empowered, it's, it's having more confidence and doing what I feel called to do. And this is a big one for me because if there's anything I learned for this year that I, when it comes to growth was my mindset. And while mm -hmm. I've always been someone has, who has been generally seen as like confident, like I'm like, I'm capable of making things happen. I will turn a vision into a reality, right? For other people, other people's vision into a reality. But when it came to really believing in myself was really like having that bit of confidence. And what I learned for myself was my mindset was of scarcity. I was someone who, uh, while I love to take risks, it would take a bit for me to get there because I fear failing. My mindset was like, I don't want to be broke. I'm a first generation college student. That can't happen. I've seen my parents struggle. All those things that, oh my God. <laughs> all that stuff that comes with it and all that is baggage. And, and again, not blaming any, this is just, no. these, are, these are things that we see as we're children. And they say your first seven years of, of life are, have the, some of the biggest impact on, on, on how you treat life as an adult. And for me, it's always been scarce. So my mindset shift has been one of abundance. I've literally went through like from going to therapy to um, speaking to, to having a mindset coach to really let me know like, okay, that may seem far reaching. The people who don't look like you are ready, are ready to extend their hands and be like, well, I'm gonna yeah. get it. It's far, but I'm gonna get it. So you, and you should too. And there was a quote that I saw is, um, if I can see it, I can get it. And mm -hmm. knowing that, whatever it is, I can get it. So when I think of just being empowered is me feeling like I, I'm in control of, 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 of what I can do. I'm, I believe God has his plan wholeheartedly, but I still believe that I'm in control of what I, what I can do next and believing in myself. So I mean, don't get me preaching. Guy has his plan, but he expects us to be partners in that plan in the spaces in which we yes. can partner with him. That's a whole nother conversation because I talk about this all the time. It's like, you can't wait. Like, you, you got to put in some work, boo-boo. You, you got to put in some work. <laughs> Literally, like... <laughs> so, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to keep us on track. So, a couple of things. Living Fabulously Empowered. And that empowerment is about shifting the mindset. Yep. We will need you to come back when we talk about <laughs> intention, because that is about how do you set the intentions? And that's all about mindset. That's right. Trying so hard. Okay. So then <laughs> the Caribbean, and let me, and let me reframe it. It's the first generation. And yes, we're generalizing, but we're taking license to do so here that first generation Caribbean mindset is one of, I'm going to say, I'm going to start with, we have plan A, we got plan B, we got plan C. That's right. It's not D through Z, but you know. That's right. <laughs> and it is because of so much sacrifice that has come before us to get even here. And the risk is associated with potential scarcity than it is for potential abundance. Correct. And so I also encourage you and the listeners to go back to season one, episode 
two with Manushka team who has that same kind of upbringing too. It's, it's a real thing. And even for the listeners who are not Caribbean, it just shares that mindset that some of us operate with and we do need to shift that. And the way to shifting to shift that is by living fabulously empowered. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here at Living Fabulously Fierce. This has been such such a treat on a Friday. You have given us so much to think about. So Thank grateful you. for your light in this world, for all that you're doing, and for you showing up as you so that so many other people can do the same. Thank you so much. And thank you for creating a space where I'm able to tell my story. My hope is always that what I share here, I can inspire someone else to really walk in their purpose and believe in themselves. Yeah. So thank you. Of course. And so with that, listeners, thank you for your time, for your attention. Um, and we'll see you here next week. Uh, again, it's Farah Bernier. I'm living fabulously fierce. I'm living fabulously empowered. Thank you so much again, Ari. We'll talk soon. All right.